This is Jules, lead pastor of TFH Oakland. We exist so that people far from God can experience a fulfilled life in Christ. For more information on how you can stay connected, follow us online at TFH Oak or visit us at tfhoak.church. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hey, it's Pastor Jules here. I'm so glad to be in your home. The decor, the feng shui is looking fantastic. Uh, Merry Christmas from my family and from the TFH family abroad. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, We're so grateful um, for you guys tuning in. I know you've unwrapped gifts or had the enchiladas, ate the gumbo, whatever you do. Uh, But I'm hoping that you guys are having a merry, 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 merry Christmas and you're getting down with your family, wherever you are. If this is your first time tuning in, uh, my name is Jules. I get to be uh, the lead pastor of our amazing community in Oakland, California, the Father's House, Oakland. If you're in the Bay, feel free to check us out. We would love uh, to rock with you and uh, call you family. Uh, You're part of our family. Um, So please feel free to, you know, do the things you do. Come and check us out. Um, We're going to jump into the Word today, and uh, if you've been uh, with us for the last few weeks, we've been in a sermon series called The Road, and uh, what we've been talking about is there's a proverbial road, but there was a little road, a literal road, in which Mary and Joseph walked down uh, that brought in Jesus. Uh, They both had to say their yes, and uh, that intersection, we believe there's a divine intersection. And what happened 2,000 years ago, we still believe is available today, that God is interrupting. God is giving people turn signals. He's he's merging. He's giving them on-ramps and off ramps that that God has us on a road. God has us on the journey. And what I want to do today is really unpack what is the road to recovery. Uh, Maybe you've exhausted yourself, exhausted your options. Maybe the relationship is dissolved. Maybe you're in a place of transition. Maybe the career is asking more of you. Uh, How do you position yourself to recover? And uh, and how do you do that with God? Uh, What I want to do is I want to tune in and highlight a little bit more on what happened after Jesus was born. I know we are in the Christmas season, but um, I think it's a part of that whole chapter where Jesus comes, the Immaculate Conception, and he is born in a manger. He's born in an animal trough, surrounded by the mundane and the beautiful, as the Magi bring him gifts. Um, But we're going to pick up the story of Mary and Joseph after that. Uh, But before we do that, I just kind of want to highlight, like, how do we actually address recovery? I got kids. I don't know about you, but when my kids are constantly sick, Um, And uh, usually the way that it happens is one kid gets sick, the other kids get sick, both kids get sick, I get sick, and I am the biggest baby of them all. I want my wife to take care of me, Alka-Seltzer, Vicks Rub, the whole deal. I need it. But there was this one chapter and COVID was running rampant and literally everybody had got COVID. Kid you not, everybody got COVID. And I'm like, give me COVID. I want COVID. I want it to be, I know that's sadistic, that's weird. Forgive me in advance. But I was just like, I just want to get it, get it. Let's get it over with. And I could not get sick. But after everyone else got sick, after I had served everyone, done everything, the chicken noodle soup, I finally get sick and my wife quarantines me in the garage by myself in the cold. Next time you see her, give her that stink eye. But this is a phenomenon that happens is that many times we don't get sick when we're in stress, but we get sick after stress. We don't get sick in the middle of all of this stuff, but usually what happens after. It's, it's a phenomenon that's happened, especially for couples who have rammed up and gone to the wedding and planned and did the flowers and all of that. And the day of the honeymoon, uh, everybody gets sick. And that is the worst time to get sick. Well, doctors have coined this phrase called the letdown effect. The letdown effect is when you're coming to the end of something difficult 
uh, a feat or something that's overwhelming. Um, and once you get that sense of relief, your body just takes on all the toxicity that you've been carrying and you get sick. That letdown effect is real. Because I think there are moments after the divorce or a moment after the transition, the move and all of this, and our body finally gets to a place where we're relaxed and then it just gets worse and it feels like we can't fully recover. I think a lot of people live there spiritually, even when it comes to the holidays. They're in that letdown effect. But God wants us to get to the road of recovery. And I want us to look at a few, port, a little, a few verses of scripture in the book of Luke chapter 2. Joseph and Mary, they've gone through all of the things from rejection to isolation, loneliness, uh, miracles, blessing. But we pick up after Jesus is born, after all the sacrifice, the pain, the blood, the gore, all of this stuff. We pick up of something pretty particular or peculiar. It says this in Luke chapter 2, it said, when the time came, for purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, Mary and Joseph are on the road to recovery because they have given up so much. And if I was Mary and Joseph, even though by law, spiritual Levitical law, book of Exodus and Leviticus, it writes that every firstborn of anything must be dedicated to, the God, uh, dedicated to God. Your firstborn chicken, your firstborn cattle, your firstborn dog, all of that must be dedicated to God. But just like God set apart, consecrated the firstborn children when they were leaving Egypt, God says, I want your firstborn to be marked. This is symbolic for so much that even when it comes to tithe and offering, like our first fruit belongs to God. When it comes to prioritizing God as we begin to prepare for the new year, this is a principle that we see always put God first. Now, if I'm marrying Joseph, though, I've been putting God first. God has interrupted my life. God has asked me to relocate. God has asked me to do these things. If I'm marrying Joseph, I'm a little tired of sacrifice. I'm a little tired. I'm like, God, I think that's enough. But I love this is because if you want to be on the road of recovery, sometimes you just got to continue doing the regular things. Joseph knows by law, but I think there was something much deeper. After they have seen the miracles of God, Joseph doesn't just want to live according to the law. He wants to be obedient to God. So he just shows up to do the, road, the regular thing. You see, the road to recovery is doing the regular with the right people. It positions us to recover and find strength for what's next. You see, in the verses that we just read, we see an intersection with three different experiences. We're going to hear about two other characters that are involved in this story, but right now it's just Mary and Joseph. After avoiding death, experiencing rejection, and overwhelming gifts by the nobles, they have their newborn child with them. I remember when my child was first born, my firstborn child was first born, and we had to drive in the car, and she hated being in the car seat. Imagine riding on some camels, okay? You're, you're complaining about your Honda Civic, the camels, the donkeys, and they travel a long road and they get to the temple to honor God first. You see, doing the regular positions you on the road to recovery. He says, when the time came, Joseph fulfilled what was required of him. And he brings his wife and his son, Jesus, to the temple. 
It says, in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, they offered a pair of doves or two young pigeons. This was a time to pay homage to God. And this honestly was kind of a small sacrifice. For them, it could have been great, but this reveals kind of socioeconomically where they're at. They didn't bring a lamb or a goat or any cattle. They brought two pigeons. When they brought those pigeons, it was representative of how much they had or more clearly what they didn't have. So they give this humble offering and sacrifice to God. They said, Lord, we still want to be dedicated to you. Now, again, in my own flesh, I didn't experience the immaculate conception. I didn't experience this miracle birth. But if I'm Joseph and Mary, I'm like, man, I'm just kind of tired of sacrificing. I don't know if you've ever been. Maybe you're more spiritual than me, but maybe you've been in a place where you're like, man, I'm just too tired of sacrificing. Maybe you've sacrificed too much or you've sacrificed to the wrong thing. But at some point you were like, I don't want to sacrifice anymore. But there was something that was faith-filled with Joseph and Mary that we continue to see even after all of the sacrificing. They don't stop putting God first. They don't stop showing up for the regular sacrifice. You see, there are always regular sacrifices that we make on a daily basis of a sacrifice. The Bible calls it a sacrifice of worship or a sacrifice of praise where we begin to put lips where our heart and our devotion and we begin to connect with God. Now, that may seem regular, but sometimes when you overexhausted yourself, the regular seems too much. And I don't ever want us to get to that place where the regular becomes even more insignificant. You see, sometimes when we're called to make a sacrifice, we sometimes overcompensate, but not Mary and Joseph. They just show up with what they have, not putting anything on blast, anything on front street. They're just like, God, this is this is who we are. This is where we are. And when you want to recover strength, sometimes the sacrifice has been going to the wrong person. Sometimes you've been sacrificing too much to compensate or to present something that that ain't really true. Mary and Joseph lock in and they say, you know what? We're going to continue to be consistent with the regular sacrifices that we're supposed to give and prioritizing God where he's supposed to be. Sometimes on the road of recovery, we feel like we have to overcompensate, but they just show up. And maybe you're on the road to recovery and you don't know how to show up. Can I just encourage you to show up? A lot of times, especially if you've disconnected from the house of God, or maybe you're watching this and you haven't been in church for a long time, you're like, man, I'm just doing my Christmas thing, you know? But maybe you've just gotten off track. Maybe there was, you know, frustrations or whatever it may be, and you've literally disconnected from God, disconnected from his people in such a way that you can't even show up to do the regular. Especially when people are dealing with depression and anxiety, the regular seems overwhelming. Sometimes just getting out of bed seems so difficult. And this is why we see great faith, even to show up and do the regular thing. The second thing that we see on the road to recovery, that it's marked by key relationships. That when we're on the road to recovery, recovery, on recovery, God is trying to bring the right people in our life. Now, in verse 25, we didn't read this in the beginning, but we see that there are two people that Mary and Joseph begin to interact with. And the first one, is this gentleman by the name of Simeon. It says, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was uh, waiting for the consolation of Israel, not the constellation, not the stars, the consolation. He was waiting for Israel to be restored because at that moment in time, the Roman government had completely dug its, its, its nails into the Israeli people. 
It may have changed customs, challenged customs, challenged the way of life. And this man is just wanting the Holy Spirit, God, to just restore Israel. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. All of the prophecies 2,000 years ago that was pointing to Jesus, that he would come in a manger born of a virgin, that he would arrive. This man gets a word. He has this sensation. He has this feeling, this inkling that before he goes, he will see God's promise fulfilled. Moved by the spirit. Notice this. God begins to use Mary and Joseph's regular and God puts some super on it. And he begins to bring Simeon into the temple. And when Simeon sees Mary and Joseph, he's like, this is God. And he begins to prophesy and to speak. Simultaneously, look what, that, look what else happens. Verse 36, there was a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, from the tribe of Asher. She was very old. Now, you know you old when the Bible says you're old. And she lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. So let's say 50 years, maybe 60 years. She was a widow for 60 years. This woman was a nun. And the reason why I know she was a nun, because she 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 had none but God. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. I love this part of the story because we see two older, what I call established people playing a vital role in this story, not knowing the couple but they had received words. And because of their dedication, because of their consistency, created this divine intersection with God. How did Mary and Joseph feel being isolated alone without parents, without any of that familial support? And on that journey, going horseback or camelback or donkeyback and traveling with a small child to just come out of a place of exhaustion and to be encouraged by somebody that had seen loss, that had seen devastation. What was the experience? What was so fulfilling from Simeon and Anna to be anticipating, to know that he can die living a fulfilled life because he got to see God's promise fulfilled? You know, even I look at Anna, who had experienced so, loss, so much loss for so long that she shows up and she's still full of the vigor and the power of God. She begins to prophesy and declare over this young couple what God was going to do. You see, I love this is because what it shows us is this, is that when we're on the road to recovery, showing up doing the regular creates a divine on-ramp that with people that know God, the right people you need in your life, can give you what you need. Sometimes we've experienced so much of a deficit that it's difficult to do the regular, but when we show up, God begins to take our regular and he begins to do something super with it. I love it because if you think about it, everyone's deficit, when it was put together in God's moment, this God moment, everyone's deficit became addition for the other person. Mary and Joseph, who just have very little and just need God. And after experience all of this pain and all of the travel, they come in and they get encouraged by some veterans, people that have experienced pain, people that have went through some stuff. They get encouraged and strengthened. And Simeon, who is just waiting, he's been waiting his whole life, wanting God to do something for his city, for his nation, wanting to bring revival. He gets to see it for the first time in this small child. And we have Anna 
who've experienced so much loss, but she gets to experience so much gain, so much satisfaction that she knew it was all worth it simply because Mary's and Joseph's deficit was filled by their encouragement. Mary and Joseph's surplus, Jesus in their life was able to bless these two people. I kind of feel like this was like, you know, the, you know, the bachelor, the older bachelor. I was like, man, maybe God was trying to bring Simeon and Anna together, you know, but that's me. But the point that I want to make on this Christmas season is this. You may be on the road to recovery and God has not forgotten about you. But unless you show up, you won't be able to experience the divine intersection. And when you do show up, expect that God wants to bring the right people in your life. And he may have even removed the wrong people out of your life. This Christmas season, we know that it's more than just gifts and twinkling lights, that it's about prioritizing God and putting him in his rightful place. And it's about the relationships that God wants to start or God wants to strengthen. And in order for God to take you where he wants to, if you don't have the road of recovery lined out, if you don't have the right people, it's going to be very difficult to complete what God wants to start. So how do we, what do we do with this? Number one, the road to recovery is do the regular. What, 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 a, not just routine, but maybe what spiritual discipline? Has, has the word been minimized in your life? Has the continual gathering, connecting with believers, have, have you fallen off in that particular area? Maybe it's so hard to do the regular because you're doing so much sacrifice for other things. You have no margin for God and God is saying, no, 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 put me first. Or maybe you're in a place where relationally distracted, relationally just exhausted. God says, put me at the center of your sacrifice so that I can bring you to the road of recovery so that when, when you are ready, when I've given you the strength, I'm going to put the right people in your life. And lastly, maybe you're experiencing and stuck in deficit because you're not adding to those that are around you. Maybe it seems like you're in that Simeon and Anna moment where you're like just anticipating and waiting or just have experienced loss. But God wants to bring fulfillment, not just by giving you what you want, but putting other people that you're called to add to. And can I just say that even as we go into 2024, that God wants our church to be stronger than ever before. And it comes the relationship. It comes through discipleship. I want to pray for you because if you're off the road of recovery, God wants to get you back on track. Father, I thank you for your people. And I ask, Lord, as we're surrounded by our family or maybe we're feeling alone and isolated, Lord, that you would give us strength and you would recover everything that we may have lost on the journey. I pray, Lord, that if we feel like we've sacrificed too much in previous experiences, not only would you restore our strength, but you would, rely, you would realign our motivations according to you. That we would be like Mary and Joseph with Jesus in our hearts and in our hands. We would come to say, Lord, I'm not done putting you in your rightful place. And Lord, I pray that those relationships that may need to be minimized so that other relationships can be prioritized, God, that you would give us the boldness, you would give us the tenacity to be obedient to your will and your word. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Hey, if you were praying with me and maybe you're saying, hey, I'm far from God, I would encourage you, show up and do the regular. You know, we're going to be online for the next couple of weeks, and I want to encourage you to come back next Sunday as we jump into a new series called By Design. 
But as we go into the new year, would you prioritize the presence in being in community, being in relational fellowship, being a part of the house of God? And if God has called you to be a part of this church, say, Lord, how can I show up and add to those that may be in deficit? Blessings to you guys. I pray you get wonderful gifts, but more importantly, I pray that you guys are able to gather together with your families, feel the love that is in Christ, and from our family to yours, bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. For more information on how you can stay connected, follow us online or visit tfho.church.